everyone doing? How are you feeling? My hope is joyful, inspired, seen, heard, and cared for. So welcome back to What You Raving About podcast. This is episode three, y'all. Episode three. And of course, you know, I'm still a baby. I'm still learning as I go. So still no edits. We're doing raw. So whatever mishaps may happen in between, you guys are getting it live full here. Well, not live because it's pre-recorded, but you guys are you guys are in this with me. So if I stumble, I'm gonna keep going. If something happens outside, I'm gonna keep going. If the doorbell rings, I'm gonna keep going. Somebody calls who's not on my do not disturb list, I'm gonna keep going. So yes, episode three, two daughters, two dads. So on this episode, what I'm gonna do is talk about how I became a single mom slash single parent, two daughters, two dads. So before I dive in, if this is your first time listening, I want you guys to know. So one thing that I do in the beginning of each episode is I provide you guys with a vocabulary word. And I try to use that vocabulary word in the podcast episode. So today's word is indolent indolent i-n-d-o-l-e-n-t indolent it's an adjective and it means lazy so that shouldn't be hard to do to incorporate indolent into the story in the back history that i'm about to provide you guys with today so real quick um i have a vocabulary app on my phone so what i do is I open the app and whatever word pops up, that's the word I go with. I don't go through the app trying to figure out, oh, maybe no, no, no. So, so far I've been able to, actually last episode, mental health, I forgot what the word was, but I didn't incorporate it. So, oops. But indolent, that's the word we're going with for today. So let's dig into two daughters, two dads. So, little background history about myself. I have two daughters, a 12-year-old and a three-year-old. And a brief backstory of my 12-year-old's daughter. So we met in college. Um, He played football. I was just, you know, just a girl attending, whatever. And, you know, he kept trying to holler at me. And I'm like, oh, you know, no, thank you. I really wasn't interested at the time, right? And But at the time, I had um, short haircut, short little hairstyle with my curls and all that, my little taper back. So he started calling me Fanny, uh, short for Fantasia. So, you know, I had the short haircut, I got the lips. I don't got the vocals, y'all. But he started calling me Fanny, and I thought that was cute, whatever. Uh, so, you know, he kept trying, he kept trying. I'm like, ah, no, no. And then after a while, I started giving him some play. So we started dating, and apparently, when you're young, you don't ask the right questions when you start talking to somebody, even before you start dating them. You don't ask the right questions to dig into that. At least I know I didn't, so let me speak for myself. I didn't ask the proper questions to get a feel for who this guy was at the time, right? So we were dating, whatever, and I remember, like, you know, he never mentioned anything about a girlfriend or having children, nothing. Now, mind you, we're like 18, 19 years old. So for me, the thought of somebody having children that young was just not even in my mind, right? 
So we started dating or whatever, and a few months later, I was pregnant. But I can't remember the exact time frame, but I know if being in my apartment and me and my homegirl, my roommate, uh, Nene Baby, hey, we were, I started doing like the Facebook creep first. And then I started to get her input on stuff. But I remember being on Facebook and I'm creeping on his Facebook page or whatever. And I see his sister, one of his half sisters, with these kids. But he's in the picture, it's like an Easter picture. And I'm like, these kids kind of look like him a little bit. You know, maybe they his nieces or whatever. Can't remember what the caption said, but whatever it was, it was kind of like, mm, question mark, right? So I keep digging, I keep digging. Now I find a third child, right? So I can't remember how I presented it to him and how we talked about it, but I remember he did admit that he had two children and the third child was not his. So at this point, I'm like already pregnant, y'all. And I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna do this, I guess, right? So first red flag was, now we, we both were from, are from the same state, but not the same city inside the state. And actually I have never even heard of his city prior to even dealing with him. Um, but so, you know, he would go home and then when he went home on the weekends, that phone would be off. Like it didn't even ring. It was straight voicemail, right? Another red flag, a red flag. But you know, he would come back and tell me the sob story, blah, 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 blah. So I just believed it, right? Young and dumb. So, Fast forward to, now I'm getting like friend requests and all that. Everybody wants to know who I am. And I remember being in his dorm room one day and his phone rang and I went to try to get it and he straight up choked me out. In the dorm room, choked me out. Like choked me out to the point, like it was short lived, but the pain in my neck was like, it lasted for a few days, right? Another red flag. So, you know, fast forward, now we're back home, it's the summertime, and I'm growing, belly's growing, I'm arguing with females, I'm starting to find out a lot of things that I should have known prior to even allowing him to touch me. Young and dumb. So, arguing with girls, I'm arguing with him. It became very toxic. And, you know, at this time, I was being warned by people like, you know, he's an abuser, he got kids. Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to bat for him pretty much. So let's fast forward to December 29th. I had my 12 year old daughter the morning of December 29th, right in town for New Year's, right? So her dad, uh, he had to go have a New Year's Eve party. Had a New Year's Eve party and someone ended up getting murdered at his house. Somehow that tragic incident turned into him moving in with uh, a previous mother, baby's mom. And they were like a whole family again. So here I am, fresh brand new baby brokenhearted, confused, just out here living with my mom, just confused and like, <sighs> so I don't know what happened with that relationship, but then we end up getting back together and we had a pretty 
toxic on and off relationship. Now, when I say toxic, toxic, there was verbal abuse, there was physical abuse on both ends. Like we would fight, and I don't mean just argue, throwing things. I mean like throwing fist fighting to the point where like I'm messed up and I'm bruised, he's bruised. Like we don't talk for a few hours, then here we are back again. It was toxic, toxic. Um. That went on for for a period of time, off and on, off and on. Then, you know, fast forward a few years later, now we're engaged. And like, I mean engaged, like wholeheartedly engaged, like stepdad bought a wedding dress. I had bridesmaids get measured and fitted. Like we're looking at halls for receptions. Oh, none of that shouldn't even took place. None of it, none of it. But it did. So engaged, never married, still to present day. So, you know, after that, well, before that, my final straw was he was dealing with this young girl, like younger than us. Now, at this point, this probably was like 2014. So we're like 23, 24, 25. I don't remember the exact time frame. But he's dealing with like this young girl, like not even 18 yet. And he ended up giving me an STD. And that for me was just like, I'm done. Because at this point, we had fought, the cops have been called, you have been in jail, I have been jumped. I had to get six stitches under my eye. I still got a keloid, it, it, it pops up every now and again. Six stitches under my eye because one of his other child's mothers and her three friends decided they wanted to jump me outside of his house, right? So when I say toxic, it was toxic like and looking back on it it was like you know I was just I didn't make the best choices because ideally he was not someone that I should have given the time of day and I'm not trying to belittle nobody or bash anybody I'm telling my truth I'm telling my side of the story here but the plans I had for my life, the goals I even have till present day, we never really aligned. Like, it, we never fit. And so here we are in this situation and I am baby mom number four. My child is number four out of six. So six kids, five baby moms. So, end up letting that be now in between all that time he pretty much had an on and off relationship with our daughter as well so it's kind of like if we weren't together he wasn't providing or doing or watching wasn't being a father hands-on that at, at no at all and I remember one winter it was like around Christmas um me and his mom had words and as I'm on the phone with my mom she said in front on her porch she said to me that my child was one of many and since birth, that's how my child has been treated, one of many. And, you know, they only came around for one birthday party. And that party was like, she was like eight, nine maybe. Because they thought her life was in danger and she was being abused and she wasn't being properly taken care of and all this stuff. So baby shower, no. Birth, yes. And I think birth was kind of like, let's see if this baby looked like us or something. Because we got all these... We already got all these other grandkids running around. I don't know what the motive behind that was. But they, uh, birth, yes. 
birthdays one through seven, no. Birthday eight, yes. Birthday nine through 12, uh-uh. And one thing for me that always never sat right with me because his side of the story is, oh, she keep her from me, I can't see her. My child is 12. She had her own cell phone since she was four. You know where I stay, my mama stay, my brother stay. You know, if if you were really die in a dire need to be hands-on like you proclaim, that I was rejecting you that, that bond, you could have popped up. You could have called her phone. You could have sued me for custody. There were so many avenues that could have been taken instead of just pointing the finger like, oh, she's bitter, whatever, whatever the case, whatever they were saying, but I know for sure it was, I was keeping her from them, right? So here we are present day and we live in a different state. And you would think things would get a little better because we're in a different state. No. And it's kind of like he'll call and if he calls, they talk less than 60 seconds, right? Literally. And it's like for you to not talk or see your child as, as often as you could, even if you wanted to, you know, a phone conversation should be, hey, like, we got to catch up. But it's like, oh, yeah, oh, that's what's up. Okay, baby, all right, proud of you, love you, bye. And that's that, right? But at this point, it kind of, it is what it is kind of thing. So, I mean, I'm immune to it by now. And I know my daughter has expressed things to him and his mom. And nothing has changed. So that's child one. Now let's go to child two. And real quick disclaimer, this is not me trying to bash or belittle anybody or throw anybody under the bus. This is me telling my truth, my side of the story. And if you don't like it, I mean, change it. Change my perspective, change my view, change my words, change the way that I view and outlook the situation. And then I won't have a story to tell. Or you won't have to feel like I'm bashing you or, you know, throwing you under the bus or tainting your character or integrity or anything like that. But for the folks who know him, they know. So fast forward, um, 2019, got a new job, was working at this place. And I seen a guy that I also knew from college, but it was kind of in college. It was more so like a party thing. Like, we were at the same parties drinking and whatever, whatever. Nothing, like never even looked his direction ever. And um, so, you know, we start, hey, you know, catching up, talking and whatever. And I'm like, okay, you're pretty cool. You're attractive. You know, you got your stuff together. All right, let's, let's just chit chat, see where it goes and all that stuff. So my story, it was going good. Now, according to what I heard, it was told, his perception was something different, right? So, but this was after the fact he was mad about himself. So anyway, so, you know, we're dating, we're traveling. Me and Deja ended up moving in with him. Me, me more so moving in than Deja, but Deja was there and she stayed in like frequently, whatever. So, you know, we're traveling different states and, you know, meeting each other's family and all that. I thought that's what couples did, but apparently I never was his girlfriend. So anyway, 
So we're doing all this stuff, you know, and at the time when I met him, he was pretty open about having a female roommate. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, didn't think nothing of it. You were honest about first date kind of thing. That's something you didn't have to tell me. Da, 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 da. So for me, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Because you haven't shown me that you're a liar or you're deceitful or I can't trust you. So until you prove otherwise, then I have nothing but your word and your actions to go off of, right? So the roommate thing was totally fine with me until we met each other. The day we met each other was something different. And of course, everybody has their own perception, their own side of the story, right? But it was real, uh, uh, like didn't see me talking over me, like, okay, to the point where he was uncomfortable and he apologized for it. And I'm like, yeah, that was awkward. Something's different. Something's up. Like, I had been there so many times and we never crossed paths. And then it's time for me to be there. And the introduction was fine. The way he produced it was fine. But her response to it was different. It was like shady. And he knew it because he apologized several times to me. And at that moment, not at that moment, but shortly after that, we talked about it. I'm like, you know, I don't think I can do this. Like, something's off here. And, you know, he's reassuring me. It's nothing like that. Like, she needs a place to stay. He's paying, she's paying $4.50 a month to rent this room. Da, da, da. She always got these different men running in and out. They in the driveway. She's, he was pretty much slandering her, right? And I'm like, so why are you allowing this to go on in your house then? Like, she got all these dudes. Why, why can't she live with one of them? So, things, I stayed. I stuck around, right? And things kept happening. Weird things kept happening. Now the door's locked and I had a key, but the screen door locked, I can't get in. You come downstairs with no shirt on in your boxers with your little poking through and while she up there getting dressed to go out. And then she leaves out and you're upset about who she's leaving out with. And, and I'm just like red flag, red flag, red flag, right? But again, one thing I noticed is men will try to manipulate you to make it seem like the things you're feeling or like that gut instinct is incorrect. And us as women, we want to believe it. So we do, right? But that gut feeling is like, sis, now you know. But they're like, they're in your ear. It's like that gut feeling and then they're in your ear. And because you want to give people the benefit of doubt, you do. And you give them the benefit of doubt and nine times out of ten, you're the one left stuck on stupid, looking stupid, picking your face up off the cement, right? So anyway, let's move on with the story. So things kept happening, just weird, just weird stuff. Like stuff that if y'all are only roommates, things like this shouldn't be, and he's, t and now here's the messy thing, because he would tell me the things she would say. And I'm like, but if she doesn't have a problem, why is she saying these things? Why is she doing these things? And he just, I don't know, I don't know, right? So after a while, Super Bowl weekend, after him, he's like, she's not invited to the party, da, da, ba, 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 ba. she freely came down to the party. And after he said she was, he didn't invite her, she wasn't invited, she knew that. She was going somewhere else. So she was friends with one of his cousins. So I guess that's how they met whatever 
Now, everybody's at the party. I'm like, well, what are you doing here? Because he said you wasn't invited. You were going somewhere else. So that ended up turning into a private conversation in his bedroom. And after that conversation, Will pretty much was like, first of all, he played both sides of the fence, I will say that, which I found that out in that private conversation we had. He was playing both sides of the fence, but he was just, he was messy. He was messy. So after that conversation, I guess she felt some kind of way about it. You know, she got her friends. Now her friends are thinking that I'm the jealous person and I just want her out because I'm jealous of her. Now, if you knew the backstory and all that stuff, mm, there would be no reason for me to be jealous of her at all. Like, sis couldn't pay $4.50 a month to rent a room. I have a six-figure job. I'm jealous of you, why? Anyway, so, like, two days after that, the party he ended up writing her pretty much like a 30-day notice like you gotta go um she ended up leaving on some real slick stuff kept the key didn't say she was leaving kind of just left while we both was at work and we ended up going on vacation right so while we are on vacation now prior to leaving for vacation I didn't feel well like we left what I think Tuesday like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was just different. My body was just, something was wrong, right? And I kept pushing it off. Oh, it was just the flu or something. You know, I'll get over it. And it's like, as the days went on, it got worse. I went like fevers to chills and shaking and like to the point where I'm shaking and he has to kind of like bear hold me, because bear hug me because I'm, I, I couldn't stop shaking. Just, I felt like, I don't know what death feels like, but if I had to correlate that or, or, or compare that to anything, whatever that was, I was close to death, right? And I just kept pushing through it, just kept popping ibuprofen and Tylenol, just pushing through it, pushing through it. So here we are at my family's house, right? And his phone kept tinging and dinging and all this stuff. I'm like, who is that? Now it's his cousin. It's his cousin who's friends with the roommate. So now his cousin is texting him screenshots and letting him know like, hey, she's she's talking about filing sexual harassment charges on you. So now the cousin is screenshotting like conversations between them. Now I'm sitting on this at my uncle's couch. I already feel like shit. Excuse my language. Sorry. This is not a um, vulgar podcast. But I'm sitting on the couch. I already feel like crap. I have no idea what's going on. I don't even care. And it's to the point where I was like, no, I will handle it. It's okay. I'm fine. I'll get through it. Like it is as, as suffering, as suffering as I felt. I don't that doesn't even make sense. But as close to death as I felt, I never wanted to go to the hospital. That's like my neck being broke. And I'm just like, look, I'll be fine. Just let me lay here for five to seven days. I'll heal. But I, I never wanted to go to the hospital. And then, then we're in a different state. Like, I didn't got time for that. So I feel I feel all these different kind of the sickness. Now I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm upset because I knew what I was feeling was correct. Right. And we're sitting there and like we're like arguing through text messages sitting next to each other. And my mom called me and she's like. 
Uncle Skip is, is dead. He's dead. Your dad passed away. Now that's a whole different backstory. But if you know my life, I have a I have a biological dad. My dad in and out of my life. He's not the person that I that I first will identify as my dad. Now we're cool. I have his last name. You know all I, all kind of things. But because of his inconsistencies and other stuff, I just don't. My uncle dad is my dad. Period. Um, and my dad's okay with that. But to have gotten that news within 10 minutes of getting this news, within days of feeling like this, it's like, what? Right? Like, life. Life was lifing. And I wasn't even afraid back in 2019. But life was lifing, y'all. So, we end up staying, what, two more days. And it's funny how the universe worked because... My uncle dad's son was in Philly. It's like the way the universe correlated everything. It's like God knew. He knew all this was happening. I'm going to make you sick so you're, you're not able to, to have a hands-on or anything because you're not going to be able to take it. So I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to have his son in Philly so he can get to Pittsburgh. I'm, a, I'm just going to rock y'all world a little bit, but y'all all going to come together and it's going to be good because nobody's going to be kind of inconvenienced about anything. So anyway... My uncle dad's son, my cousin, was in Philly visiting his, his, his friends or something. So when we left, at the time, my boyfriend's sister's house, we went to other place in Philly, picked him up, and we drove back home. So we drove back home. It was a Thursday. Now, at this point, everybody's now at my uncle dad's uh, house, cleaning stuff out, looking through stuff, just doing stuff, right? And I'm just still just like... Dead. I don't feel good. I'm grieving. My heart is broken. Just confused. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I was a thousand different emotions that day and days before and days after. So here we are. And I just, and the, I don't know. I just found the dog thermometer, took my temperature. My temperature was 103.6, y'all. 103.6. So at this point, everybody's in the house like, you gotta go to the hospital. Like you already moping and dragging around. And I think, I think like, you know, when somebody's sick around, it's like, oh, like you cool, like she'll, they'll be all right. I think it was kind of that thing. That's why everybody was like, she's fine. Like just sit down right here, drink this water, you fine. But when I took my temperature and it was so high, it's like, you gotta go get checked out, right? So go to the emergency room. Y'all, I had sepsis. Now, for those who don't know what sepsis is, according to the CDC, and I don't have my glasses on y'all, so please forgive me. I swear I know how to read. But according to the CDC, sepsis is the body's extreme response to an infection. It is a life-threatening medical emergency. Sepsis happens when an infection you already have triggers a chain reaction throughout your body. Infections that lead to sepsis most often start in the lung, urinary tract, skin, or gastrointestinal tract. Without timely treatment, sepsis can rapidly lead to tissue damage, organ failure, and death. Also, according to the CDC, at least 1.7 million adults in America develop sepsis. At least 350,000 adults who develop sepsis die 
during their hospitalization or, 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 or discharge to hospice. One in three people who dies in a hospital had sepsis during that hospitalization. So, I had sepsis. This is 2009, March 2019. I had sepsis. I also had coronavirus. Now, everybody knows coronavirus didn't become global until 2020. I had coronavirus. And when I remember when I was like, what is that? Coronavirus. And I'm like, and I'm like, how do you say it? Coronavirus. And I'm like, how do you spell it? They're like, like the beer, coronavirus, coronavirus. And I'm just like, I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead already because I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm even a, a human being. I'm like zombie mode. Right. And so I had sepsis, blood infection, coronavirus. I was four weeks pregnant. Now, now, prior to all this in 2017, I was diagnosed with sarcoidosis, which is pretty much an inflammatory disorder that can affect any and all organs. So when it started out for me, I had it in my eyes and I just kept thinking I was getting pink eyes because I was working at a school. I was a teacher. So none of these kids got pink eyes. None of these teachers got pink eyes. But here I am keep with this reoccurring thing. So end up getting further testing done and all the stuff I had in my eyes and it started to affect my skin and I didn't have the lung issues that's like pretty much uh attached to sarcoid I didn't have all the dramatic not dramatic but all the life-threatening help breathing issues so here I am in the hospital uncle dad's passed it's been two days now I've been being cheated on for Lord knows how long and lied to and lied to to my face. Now I have sepsis, coronavirus. I'm four weeks pregnant, and I'm just a ball of mess. My blood pressure was critically low. My fever was high. It was it was a lot going on, right? But for whatever reason, that time frame, higher power had to sit me down because I wouldn't have been able to handle arrangements and doing this and picking stuff and caskets and that would have took me out alone but also in that was my second daughter which again I had sarcoidosis I was taking methotrexate you google methotrexate that's a uh, powerful drug one I should not have been able to conceive on that if I did conceive my child should have been developed some kind of birth defect and should have passed um prior to birth or would have been born with a birth defect. My child is three. And the only thing going on with her is she bossy. So for me, it's like take life, give life. God takes life, he gives life. And for whatever reason, I had to fill all those things. The, the, the timing of everything was just, it was ridiculous, right? So anyway, you fast forward and I had to quarantine while funeral arrangements was making, being made. I got out of the hospital, I think like a day or two before the funeral, the wake, and I just attended. And I sat there and I was grieving and I was still sick and I was just a ball of mess. I was upset. And it's like, how do you forgive somebody who you put all you're trusting and they really just they just like backhand you they they I, 
things I want to say I can't say because this is a clean podcast. But you know, fast forward, we buried my uncle dad, and I tried. I tried with dude, and I was just miserable. And there was a lot of other things going on. Like he was texting his one of his exes that he was engaged to, and it was constant arguing. And now, like he he always drank a lot, right? That was a red flag. And like beating up the dog for pooping in the floor and throwing stuff and putting holes in china closets, like china cabinets. He was he was very aggressive. He was very he was dealing he's dealing with some childhood trauma that has not been addressed that everybody sweeps under the rug including himself and he just resorts to drinking so things got worse got worse got worse got worse and then here we are arguing and you tell me like because of who your family is it's nothing for me or my family members to end up like my uncle did So after that threat, things went left. Now we have police involved because you're threatening my life. You've already been showing aggressive signs. You already then headbutted me. Literally headbutted me. Headbutted me. And he went to work and created this story that I'm biggest. And everybody agreed because I'm big as hell. I'm big as hell. I'm beating on him. Like it pretty much everything he done to me. He went to work and, and flipped the story and told it a different way. So he was playing victim. So, and we worked together. So being that we worked together and he had more rapport there, guess whose bandwagon everybody jumped on, right? So here I am pregnant. I got all these rumors going on. I got people wanting to fight me, don't like me, all kind of things because of his side, his falsified side. So we were done. Fast forward, November 18th, 2019, I gave birth to a healthy eight pound baby girl naturally. So since November 18th, 2019, I have been a single parent, single mom, single parent, depending on which child I'm talking about. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the way my life turned out. Did I expect things to happen like this? Absolutely not. Did I expect to be the girl with multiple kids, multiple baby dads? Absolutely not. But guess what? I'm two for two, so I can't strike out. So the next one, we in it till death do us part. Okay? Because three for three. And I'll turn it to four for four. Same Wendy's though. Same Wendy's bro. So anyway, so now the sad thing about the situation here is, yes, I have two daughters. The circumstances and relationships didn't work out with their fathers. But I have one child who barely ever talks or sees her dad. And then I have another child who talks to her dad every single day and sees her dad frequently, like her dad is hands-on, even in a different state. We had, you know, dance shows dad drove down of a dad 
wasn't even aware that there was a show going on because he don't call, don't text, nothing. Dad's present, birthday parties, dad's hands-on, hospitals, whatever, if something's needed, dad is there. And then we have my other child who, and we don't call him first to say, hey, bop, 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 he has no idea. So recently we, me and him were talking and I let him know, I caught him up on a couple things and I'm like, you know, she had a, you know, my oldest daughter had a concussion from her birthday and his response was like, damn, don't nobody tell me nothing. It's like, well, you don't call bro and no one is chasing after you. You're well aware that you have this daughter. You're well aware you have her phone number, her, her Instagram page. You're well aware that she's old enough to talk to, she, you can call her. No one's chasing after you to say, hey, remember me, I exist. Hey, remember me, I'm sick. Hey, remember me, I need $20. Hey, remember me, I, I, I don't have school clothes. Hey, remember me, my birthday's coming up. Hey, remember me, I'm just alive. It's just a, a Wednesday morning. Hey, no one's doing that. I'm not. And it's not me forcing anything up on her. She has her own phone, her own, her own judgment. She's, she's seeing things for what they are now instead of what she wants them to be. And it's sad because, again, my, my youngest child's not here right now. She's back in Pennsylvania with her father, but my oldest daughter's here. She, and if she does go home, she goes home, she goes to my mom's house. Every now and again, if she's fortunate, her dad will call or stop by or pick her up for the weekend or something. But then that's, that's still short lived. They have, he has like a, and then now double Dutch relationship with her. And as much as he says, oh, I can do better. Yeah, but when? Because sis is 12. She's 12 and we've been dealing with this since she was born. She was only hours old and you had to go have a New Year's Eve party. She has had multiple birthday parties and you haven't been there. You're on child support and you don't pay it. But you live your best life. Your other children see you all the time. You do for them when you want to. You you know, they can you can walk out your front door and they're there. Hey, hey dad. It's not like that for my child. But again, it was stated that she's one of many and that's how she's treated. So will I do anything different? No, because these are lessons and they're growing pains. And it's teaching me patience. It's teaching me that I'm all they have. So we all we got. And we're learning and growing through this together. And it used to be frustrating for me, but it's not anymore. I've, I've grown so accustomed to it that it, it feels like normal. Up until it's a function at school. And you see children of all ages coming in with both parents. Even if it's just drop off. Both parents. And then there's just me. Birthday parties. Both parents. And then there's just me. Teacher conferences. Both parents. And then there's just me. And then let me have my three-year-old. And you're looking at all of us. You can tell they have different dads. I have a chocolate baby and a, light, and, a, and a vanilla child. But 
it is what it is. These are the cards that God has dealt me. And a lot of people will ask, well, how is it heaven? You know, you, you was almost out the way. You know, she was nine because they're nine years apart. Yeah, they're nine years apart. But the only thing for me is that's what aches my heart. It's because I want to often, I feel bad that my oldest child gets to see my youngest child go off and just live her best life with her dad. Even for not doing anything, she's still spending time. And for my oldest, she doesn't have that luxury. Even after crying and begging and pleading and, 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 and speaking her peace to her dad and her grandma, she still doesn't have that peace. She still doesn't have that love. She still doesn't have that, hey, I'm just calling to see how you are. Do you need anything? I know school's coming. Can I send you a notebook? Do you need pencils? Do you need pens? How are you? I love you. But when she's around, oh, baby, I love you so much. And it's like, for me, it's like, if you, like, you're fronting. You're fronting. But I let her pick and choose because she's 12. So have I asked her how she's felt about that? No, because I don't want to, if she's not thinking about it, I don't want to bring it up. But now that I'm bringing it up and she's here, I want to know about it. So, um, Deja, can you come in for a second? You got clothes on? Child, what you doing today? Okay. I just took it out. I just took it out. All right. Come here. Come on. Come on. Scoop, scoop past a little bit. You gotta make yourself seen a little bit. So okay. I'll, I'll move over. We can, we, can, we, can, we can share the chair. Okay. Oh, maybe not. Oh, <laughs> child. Okay. Oh. All right. Sorry. So this is my 12 year old. Here's the camera. I need you to look at the camera. Okay. She, she pimpled up, y'all. Puberty. <laughs> but so, of course, you know my podcast is about two daughters, two dads. Yeah. So my question to you, and I want you to give the on your honest answer. Don't give what you think I want to hear or what the audience wants to hear what is your how do you feel how can I ask this so you and Leah having separate dads do you feel anything or does it make you feel any kind of way that Leah is like hands-on with her dad and you're like not so much hands-on with yours does anything between the way Leah is treated make you feel any kind of way it, and be honest it used to but now I kind of just got over it because you have to accept the fact that things won't change things won't change like what like being more hands-on and being more present that won't change that won't change for who that won't change for me you and who me and my father okay go ahead and I just learned to accept the fact that he'll never be hands-on. And that I have to continue with my life. But does that make you sad that Leah has something that you don't? A little bit, yes. I'm sorry, I don't want to... Um, I don't, I never asked this question because I don't want to stir up any emotions that 
Maybe, maybe you wasn't even thinking about it, and then I said something, and it's you like, it. yeah, and then like you know, like now you look looky like on a pluck lead because <laughs> you walk around plucking order because she, she just came from her day. No, so you could do it or not? Yes, this is a must. This is a must. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you would you want to share, or if your dad was listening? Or even your grandma or anybody on that side of the family. Is there anything you want them to know? Or are you just like whatever? And just like whatever. Okay. Well, y'all. She's 12. I ain't got no gun to her head. <laughs> I ain't force her to say anything. Disclaimer. She's her own little young lady person. And that those are her feelings. So... I mean, for me, it's been, it is what, okay, you can go ahead. Okay. For me, it's been, it is what it is kind of thing. Because you have to, you have to accept people where they are. And for some people, people may live all kind of wild, crazy lives. But when you have children, some, for the most part, you're supposed to take that time to become a better parent. Like there's no there's there's handbooks for parenting, but I mean really who who, who reads those? It's kind of like learning as you go here. And for many people, first time parents or not, when you have a child, you change your dynamics and your lifestyle and your uh, the way you approach things and look at things differently because you have a child now. But then there's people who don't do that. They stay stuck in their same ways and their same routine of things because that's what they're used to so to each his own but I've been a a parent since I was 20 years old and I'm 30 uh 12 years later so for me it kind of is the norm and again like I said I'm only kind of reminded that damn I'm doing this alone one when that deals extracurricular activities anything involved in school where it's just me showing up but if I don't show up they have no one to show up for them so two daughters two dads you know if any young listeners are listening or even any older people who don't have children or maybe they do have children the best advice I can give you is to make sure that you know the person you're dealing with and that's not to say that if you were dating or married for multiple years that it wouldn't work out because life happens but it's to to make sure that that person that you are giving your temple and your goods to is worth it because for me I was just young and I wasn't I guess valuing myself because if I did neither one of them neither one of them would have would be connected to me in this way but like I say like life is a game it's how you play it you got to play to win so you know you get knocked down eight times you got to get up nine you get knocked down nine times you got to get up ten I can't stop parenting and being a role model for my children because of what other people are or are not doing because then that would kind of make me like them. Am I, do, do I get tired? Yes. Is there a day I, I, I don't want to parent? Oh, absolutely. 
do I want to wake up one day and not have to prepare lunches and, and drop-offs and and pay tuition and parent-teacher conferences and uh, yeah do I want to wake up on Saturday mornings and not have to take nobody to dance yeah do I want to live freely and vacation and do all kind of things and take jobs that I wouldn't be able to take necessarily because I have to yeah all of it but this is my life these are my cards and I'm just playing my hand the best way I know how. I am not perfect. I am not the best mom. But people give me my flowers because they think I am doing well. For me, I'm still trying to get to better. I moved here for better, for better opportunities for my children, for a better future, for, for a safer environment, for more stimulation, for better opportunities for myself. So... If I'm going to be their role model, I have to now make wise and smart choices because I have two daughters. I don't have any sisters and I always wished I had a sister. And for some reason, God has blessed me with two daughters in sister form. So that's my story, y'all. And for anyone who's upset with what I shared, I'm, that's on you. Um, I'm not sharing these things to belittle anybody. I'm sharing this because this is my podcast. And if I'm going to rave about anything, I'm going to rave about who I am and the things I've been through and are still currently going through because I'm the host. I don't want to bring all these people on for you to dive into their personal life and their struggles, trials, tribulations, their uh, happy moments. And you don't even know anything about me. So... That's why I'm giving you me, your host, Raven Miller, two daughters, 12 and three, single mom, single parent, depending on which child I'm talking about. But this is episode three, y'all. We got through it. Um, One thing I do want to ask you guys to do is follow me on my platforms. So we have IG, which is what you raving about underscore podcast we have face facebook which you raving about we have twitter i don't know if people still use twitter like that but i do want to um engage on twitter because i have questions that i want to start doing especially when i start having my live uh episodes i would like to like engage with my audience through some kind of platform whether it's twitter or youtube or whatever the case so uh twitter is w-y-r-a underscore podcast and we have, of course, YouTube, What You Raving About podcast. So if you guys are listening on the Anchor app, you can also download it on Spotify, What You Raving About podcast. So hopefully soon I'll be on iTunes. I'm still waiting for them to give me my approval. But until next time, y'all, I hope that y'all stay safe, make wise choices, live your life unapologetically. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it afraid. I love y'all until next time. Be blessed.